0: From the studios of Farm Journal Broadcast, this is Ag Day.
1: A 4-H finale. You
2: definitely have to put more training into them. In addition, um, I find that cattle tend to have more personality.
1: Louisiana kids learn lessons in the show ring. The snow keeps coming in California.
2: The snow is, it's just so much.
1: That's good news for agricultural irrigation this year. And there's a new plan to roll out year round E15 in the Midwest. Details today on Ag Day. Good morning, I'm Clint Griffiths. The EPA approving a plan to allow eight Midwestern states to sell E15 year round. However, the plan wouldn't kick in until the year 2024. Now, the states receiving approval are Illinois, Iowa, Minnesota, Missouri. Nebraska, Ohio, South Dakota, and Wisconsin. North Dakota had asked but did not receive approval. The governors had argued expanding the E-15 supply would ease pump prices and help farmers. But critics, including those in the refining industry, voicing concerns that a state-by-state piecemeal approach to growing E-15 sales could introduce distribution challenges. Now we talked with the new CEO of the National Corn Growers Association
3: about the announcement. I will say uh, on the the E15 front i mean that that's a that's a big credit to our states and the work that they've done with their governors to get this you know to to the point that that we're at right now and jeff cooper of the renewable fuels
1: association calling the announcement both good and bad news saying while they're glad to see epa taking action to approve the petitions from governors in those midwestern states they are frustrated and disappointed the agency is proposing to kick the can on implementation until 2024, adding there is still time for the agency to finalize regulation or to use other regulatory authority to allow E-15 sales to continue this summer. Now The West Coast is getting pummeled with snow this week, and while the snow is good news when it comes to fighting back against the drought, as Mike Valerio reports in California's mountain communities, the storms are stranding drivers and stranding resources. March, coming in like a lion across the West Coast.
0: Mountain communities in California buried under record snow. We're just watching all
4: the snow come down because it's just nonstop.
0: The history making back-to-back storms potentially delivering another three feet of snow in the San Bernardino Mountains by the end of the day Wednesday.
5: I've been up here since 99 and this is the worst.
0: Some people left stranded with dwindling supplies as roads became too difficult to navigate. Goodwin's Market, a family-owned grocery store in Crestline, California, sharing this video of a plow pulling a semi-truck loaded with food and supplies to restock their empty shelves on Tuesday. We got the meat load in. Farther north, parts of the Sierra Nevada mountains under blizzard warnings. The powerful storm dumping more than three times the total annual amount of snowfall in just a matter of days. The snow is...
2: It's just so much.
0: Travelers facing road closures amid whiteout conditions. Officials warning drivers not to take alternate routes to get around. Anytime
1: you take some of those side routes, it can be be dangerous because of the condition of the road. And they have no idea maybe what they're driving into until it's too late.
0: As the wicked winter weather slowly moves away, a happy homecoming. More than 600 science camp
1: students stranded in the San Bernardino Mountains over the weekend finally arriving home. All right. Thanks, Mike. California continuing to see snow pile up this winter. This is what it looked like earlier this week near Saratoga Hills near San Jose, a unique blanket of what for many areas rarely see snow on upper elevations. Winter storms continue to make deposits
4: Can't emphasize enough how important it is to be getting this snow as we move through the winter that especially with the cold nature of this latest round of late february storminess will be money in the bank when it comes to summer water supply because unlike the last several winters we are not losing this snow early it's holding on continuing to build and as we move into the melt season later this spring and summer that will continue to fill reservoirs and replenish
1: groundwater. Some areas like mountain high saw more than 90 inches of snowfall over the weekend. Now, At last report, the Sierra Mountains were at 162% of the snowpack needed by April 1st. And thanks to all that snow, California farmers are expected to see increased federal water allocations this year. The U.S. Bureau of Reclamation has announced an initial allocation of 35% of contracted water supplies for agricultural customers south of the Sacramento-San Joaquin Delta. The announcement was welcome news after officials provided zero allocations for agriculture from the federal central valley project in both 2021 and 2022. Dangerous excessive rainfall and severe weather is now a concern for portions of the south. Meteorologist Chuck Heaver joins us with the very latest.
3: Well we got three areas of precipitation to talk about around the country today. The first is a small batch of mixed precipitation Up in northern Michigan. That's not going to cause too much hassle. That'll push through quickly. Here's a storm out to the west, regrouping, and it's going to move into the center part of the country with wind and heavy rain and snow, and of course along a frontal boundary down to the southeast. Yep, we have a chance for some severe weather. I'll break that down for you coming up a little bit later. Of course, on the updated root zone, we are getting precipitation in areas that we do not need precipitation. Lots of uh, swollen rivers gonna definitely be the case in some of those areas. All right, how about over in Haskell County, and some of the winds from these systems have just pushed through lately, and have been so powerful. Travis Leonard of Haskell County in Kansas, showing what happened to his irrigation system in one of his fields. No fun to have to deal with that.
1: Okay, I'll have more on your
3: forecast coming up.
1: Farmers in the Southern Plains are still trying to assess damage caused by the high winds earlier this week. In some areas of Texas, saw hurricane-force winds top 100 miles per hour. With the region still in drought, sorghum producers are now concerned how the 2022 disaster aid money will be dispersed. Some weather models indicating areas of western Kansas and the Central Plains could see plenty of moisture a week from now, however NOAA's seasonal drought outlook paints a dreary picture for parts of the plains. As you can see on this map, the brown indicates where NOAA thinks drought will persist through the spring. And after sorghum producers last year saw the worst yield since 1960, National Sorghum producer CEO Tim Lust telling Ag Day sorghum farmers aren't only revising crop plans to deal with continued drought they're still trying to financially recover from last year's poor yields.
0: Obviously, we were very happy to see uh, legislation in the December bill that provided assistance for 2022. Uh, one of the things that we have certainly been uh, um, talking about is, is how that is implemented and what that looks like. Uh, the ERP-1 model um, that was used for 20 and 21 worked very well. Uh, our board and leadership has grave concerns about the ERP two methodology and and what that looks like. And so certainly a lot of concerns over how exactly the the 22 disaster is implemented.
1: Luss says with the amount of ad hoc disaster aid that's been allocated the past six years, he thinks there are ways to create a better safety net within title one of the farm bill that includes disaster aid without negatively impacting crop insurance. NEW DETAILS ON A STORY WE BROUGHT YOU EARLIER THIS WEEK ABOUT A POSSIBLE GROWING FOOD SHORTAGE IN NORTH KOREA, THE COUNTRY'S LEADER NOW URGING GOVERNMENT OFFICIALS TO ENGINEER A QUOTE, FUNDAMENTAL TRANSFORMATION IN AG PRODUCTION. KIM JONG-UN ADDING THAT HITTING GRAIN PRODUCTION TARGETS THIS YEAR WAS A TOP PRIORITY AND EMPHASIZED THE IMPORTANCE OF STABLE AG PRODUCTION. A report from inside the country didn't detail what measures North Korea would take to make all of this happen, but Kim said that changes needed to happen in the next few years. Now, Kim's remarks come amid reports of growing food shortages in the country, though North Korea has denied suggestions that it cannot provide for its citizens. Earlier this month, South Korea's unification ministry said the food situation in the north seemed to have deteriorated. Grain prices may be lower, but what if you still have last year's crop to sell? We'll talk strategy coming up next. And later, it's showtime. We head to the ring with these Louisiana 4-H'ers making a lifetime of memories, learning a few lessons along the way. <music> Bayer AG reporting fourth quarter earnings that missed what Wall Street had anticipated despite higher sales. And it warned earnings this year could be lower then last due to inflation. Now the German ag company posted net profit of 611 million euros, or more than 648 million dollars, for the final quarter of 2022. It reports sales in its ag business advanced by 15.6 percent to a record 26.5 billion dollars. Now it says growth was strongest in herbicide, which saw sales rise while supply for glyphosate-based products was tight. Grains making a few moves back toward the positive territory after several down sessions. Well, today, Michelle Rook joins us to discuss old crop sales and those opportunities ahead of spring planting.
3: Welcome to Market Analysis. Tom Fitzmaier, Summit Commodity Brokerage, joining us. And, Tom, now that we've had this big break in corn and soybeans, taking out some key support areas, let's talk about old crop. Are there still selling opportunities there for either corn or beans?
5: Well, I... Well, there's gonna be selling opportunities, I think, once this market corrects back up. If you get a, I don't know, 10 to 20 cent rally in the corn market, old crop or new crop, I think got, you're gonna to have to look at and using that as an opportunity to, to clean up clean up old, say, old crop sales and start to make new ones, uh, sales on new crop. But I don't know, you know that was, this has been a pretty ugly week. You've got a wheat market that's quite weak Um, We had exports that aren't really shaping up like we'd hoped they would, Mm -hmm. partially because South America had more corn than we anticipated, partially because you've got uh, Ukrainian and Russian milling wheat being offered at substantially lower prices than U.S. corn. Uh, So that's kind of a problem for for the corn market. Soybeans, you know, we've been trading this Argentine weather problem all winter long, uh, and it doesn't look like it's going to improve much. At the same time, the Brazilian crop looks tremendous and the har- harvest is progressing quite well. All reports are that yields are better than they expected. So, you, you know, the, the problems in Argentina have supported meal because they're right. primarily a processing country. Uh, so everybody thought, well, that'll throw a bunch of export demand to the US. Well, it hasn't, partially because China is absent and partially because it's not that hard to import Brazilian soybeans into Argentina. For them to process
3: okay what about new crop sales or should they be doing those now or waiting
5: I guess I'm inclined to wait after this this sort of washout uh, having said that we're not that far from where I'd like to start selling new crop beans in that 1360 to14 range I think you have to start getting some things moved uh, December corn I think up in that 685. I mean, five eighty-five to $6 range. Uh, I think you, you have to have that as your objective and make some sales if that happens. And I want to get, I for sure want to have something sold before May 1st. All right. Appreciate
3: your analysis and your advice. That is Tom Fitzmaier, Summit Commodity Brokerage. We'll Love more Ag
5: Day coming up.
2: Ag Day is sponsored by Germinator Closing Wheels, Germinator steel closing wheels, perfected in conventional, excels in no-till. Order 12 to 16 rows today and qualify for free shipping or 20% off an end zone moisture management package.
1: Taking a look at our national forecast, I'm meteorologist Chuck Heber. And as we talk about what's going on through the lower 48, Look, we've got the southeast and now the Midwest looking at some more systems coming through.
3: Yeah, there's a frontal boundary in the southeast and there's a risk of severe weather along that. And then another west coast storm is poised to move into the center part of the country. All right. let's take a look at the jet stream. You can see the trough out on the west and that is going to bring a storm up into the center part of the country. It's going to create a havoc in terms of Friday and Saturday travel. If you're over in the Chicagoland area, right on that rain snow line, that storm slowly works its way up into the center part of the country, then kicks out. Then we go more zonal. So we're going to have a relatively mild start for all of us across the country. No big cold air intrusions really through Friday. There's Thursday. Okay, we have a boundary down to the south. We're going to get a little precipitation up here in the northern part of Michigan. Then we have that storm off on the west coast, reinvigorating, scheduled to target the center part of the country. This is a frontal boundary in the southeast. Along that frontal boundary, we could see some severe weather. This is on Thursday and then migrating eastward on Friday. Love to follow the wind because that's a pretty good indicator of where we're going to see most of the activity. This wind field continues to work its way up with that storm and off the East Coast Friday and into Saturday. Friday, Saturday for the Midwest and the Northeast is not going to be good. Also, our river systems are already overloaded in a lot of these areas, so we're talking two plus inches of rain. Definitely not out of the question. And then on the northern side of the storm, yeah, we're going to see some snow out in the mountains, but really the big story is going to be off to the north and the northwest of Chicago, maybe even Chicago getting in on some of this activity with a lot of snow piling up on the northern side of that storm. Okay, 41 in Chicago today, but look at the heat down to the south in Brownsville. Even down in South Florida, 85 degrees. Seattle, we're looking at 48 degrees. Tonight, things cool down, but still relatively mild. Again, this is February, folks, and tomorrow, okay, yeah, okay. So let's get kind of back to normal. Chicago at 37 and uh, over in Arillo, 60 degrees. All right, closer to home, New Springfield, Ohio, partly Sunny, high 50, low 32. Gold, Oklahoma, mostly sunny, 65 and 32. And Champlain, New York, way up in the corner, right by the Canadian border, rain and snow, 38 and 16.
1: A case of BSC in Brazil has cattle groups calling on action from Washington. We'll have details next. And later, hit the show ring with kids in Louisiana as they compete for top prize today in the country.
2: Get in the game and be part of the 2023 Bracket Busters Challenge presented by Case IH. It's farmer versus farmer for a chance to win the $1,000 top prize. Go to agweb.com to fill out your bracket once teams are selected on Sunday, March 12th.
1: The National Cattlemen's Beef Association is calling on U.S. Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack to immediately suspend beef imports from Brazil. Now, it says it's over the country's recent handling of a BSE case. Last week, the country announced the case to the World Animal Organization for Animal Health and that Brazil would be temporarily halting exports of beef to China. NCBA says the report indicates 35 days has passed between when the case was first identified and when it was confirmed. Now, the organization says it represents an unacceptable delay. That is in violation of reporting requirements. Now It says beef imports into the U.S. from Brazil must be suspended indefinitely from the country until it has made systemic reforms. Brazil is the world's largest beef exporter. Utah State legislators have passed a bill they say closes a loophole that allowed two people accused of burglary to be acquitted. That's after they were accused of taking two sick piglets from a Beaver County pig farm. Now, it's known as the Theft Defense Amendments Bill. The measure would change the state's criminal code to prevent, as a defense, taking livestock from an owner if it's sick, injured, or a liability to their owner. The measure still needs the signature of the governor who has indicated he favors it. Utah lawmakers say the bill was created in reaction to a case in which two members of Direct Action Everywhere were found innocent of stealing piglets back in 2017 from a Smithfield Foods farm in Milford. Hard work and the will to compete are just two of the lessons young 4-Hers are learning in Louisiana as they compete in the show ring. That story next, In the Country.
2: In the Country on Ag Day is brought to you by Pivot Bio, what if you had the nitrogen you need already on seed? Pivot Bio is the first company to apply nitrogen on seed. The nitrogen you need, now on seed from Pivot Bio. Learn more at pivotbio.com.
1: For many Louisiana 4-Hers, the state livestock show is the culmination of their year. And as LSU Ag Center Craig Gotro reports, there's a lot of hard work involved, and with that, a lot of life lessons learned. Johanna Show Martin shows both big and
4: small. The LaFouche Parish 4 hr works with dairy goats and cattle. In some ways, these animals are similar, but the sheer size of cattle presents its own set of challenges.
2: They're much harder. You definitely have to put more training into them. In addition, um, I find that cattle tend to have more personality, so you have to make sure you work with them.
4: The competition is fierce in the ring, and each competitor is seeking to get the attention of the judge. And what is the best way to impress that judge? You want to make sure you have eye contact with the judge, your animal set at all times, you're aware of the placement of your animal's feet and how it looks, make sure your animal's square and the lines are all uh, straight. Fano and his sister both show animals. Their father, Neil, has a simple philosophy with
2: regards to raising and showing livestock. They train the animals, they break the animals. I sit back, I'm there for advice and for support. And uh, that way, when they do succeed, it's on them. They succeed. They look at themselves in the mirror and say, hey, I did it.
4: Taking care of an animal from birth and preparing it to enter the ring takes dedication, commitment, and other skills that will benefit the students down the road. You talk about life skills, you talk about, one, being able to take care of something, two, learning and understanding the appreciation of putting a hard day's work in and getting a solid result out of it. For Martin, showing dairy goats comes with some extra benefits.
2: We have friends that love to make cheese, and my sister, she's lactose intolerant, so she drinks it. And I love baking, so that's my favorite thing to do is my milk before I smell. It's baking.
4: Reporting from the LSU Act Center Livestock Show, this is Craig Gotro reporting.
1: All right, thanks, Craig, and that's all the time we have this morning. We're sure glad you tuned in. From all of us here at Act A, Clinton Griffiths. Have a great day.
2: Closed captioning on Ag Day is brought to you by BASF, helping you do the biggest job on Earth.